So welcome back everybody to our podcast. This is the 10th episode. Now I'm aware last week that I didn't give you a title for this week and the reason for that is because I wanted to go through the emails and have a sense of what people were looking for and a lot of the questions that we got in especially over the last couple of weeks has to do with boundaries so that's what today is going to be about. Now in the Cambridge Dictionary boundary is described as a real or imagined line that marks the edge or limit of something. In therapy, a boundary can be understood as a frame around the relationship between therapist and client. And that creates safety for both. So let's have a little look at boundaries. We have our first encounter with boundaries when we're kids. Now, boundaries can either be positive or negative. But we need boundaries as children so that we can live healthy lives and secure lives. We need boundaries to help us learn respect, honesty and trust. I'm aware that there are other positive things that we can learn, but these, as far as I'm concerned, are the most important because these help us to grow up with a strong sense of who we are and that we don't have to defend who we are. We learn what's right and wrong, the meaning behind yes and no. You get the picture. So, for example, if my parents always say no, but give in because of I take a temper tantrum or, you know, I just start creating havoc, then what is it that I learn? I've got power. I'm in control. If I scream hard enough, they'll give in. Children need boundaries for healthy lives, especially around eating, sleeping, staying safe, A child without positive boundaries will have a more difficult time as they grow older. However, boundaries don't always have to be terrible or limiting a child. In fact, boundaries, if used properly, it helps us to develop as individuals who have a strong sense of self. Healthy boundaries help to serve a very important function. It allows us to learn how to take responsibility for ourselves and our actions, while at the same time helps us to learn not to take the responsibility or unfair or inappropriate behaviour of others. Healthy boundaries teach us to be able to have healthy relationships that are life-giving and avoid being or feeling taken for granted or manipulated or otherwise mistreated. In the reality of today, parenting makes consistency more difficult to achieve. Parents, often both of them, need to work to meet financial strains. And with this alone puts parents against the proverbial wall, where they become stretched to be able to be consistent with their parenting approaches. And often both parents are on two different approaches due to being overburdened from work, social dynamics and or faith. However, I might just say that it's not impossible to be consistent or on the same page when it comes to parenting. Here are a couple of tips that might just help with not falling into being an inconsistent parent. Or at least it might make some parents think a little bit more of how they're parenting. 
And I might point out, I'm not an expert in parenting, but I did have parents. So one of the one of the first things is that you both need to be saying the same thing. Because if one parent is more permissive than the other, the child learns how to play one off against the other. Number two, never parent from a position of anger or guilt. It's not the child's fault that you have a bad day at work or you work long hours in a job you dislike. But this does not indicate that you must give in to your child's whims or tantrums. That lessens your responsibility as an adult in this relationship. Number three, follow through. If you say no, then mean it. And let there be consequences if the child steps over a known boundary. If you do, your child learns that you are trustworthy and will have no problem in confiding in you later in their life, such as adolescence or as a young adult. A lot of the time, all it needs is to be on the same page as parents, in communication and agreement, and then stick to it. The clearer and reasonable boundaries, or set of rules, whatever you want to call them, brought in by both parents, the child will feel safe and secure and therefore not react to triggers in their adult life. So let's say that you have a solid set of boundaries or standards or rules or whatever in place. What are the ways that they can be broken, even subtly? Now, normally, it's very easy to see where someone has broken a boundary because they are around your physical space or privacy. For example, someone may stand too close or barge into your room without knocking, or in extreme cases, physically or sexually abusing. However, the more subtle ways of crossing the line or boundary are emotional, and they're a lot more difficult to catch. So how do we know when these emotional boundaries have been crossed? 1. We justify or excuse somebody's bad behaviour. For example, Oh, don't worry, they only treat me badly when they're stressed out. Or, Oh, they don't mean to be rude, it's just they're, they're uncomfortable around strangers. Or, Yes, I know they make fun of me, but they do love me, really. You can also blame yourself when something goes wrong. Now, let me point out here that this does not mean taking responsibility when we've done something wrong. What I'm talking about here is when we haven't done anything wrong and we excuse a person's mistreatment. So, for example... If I kept the house cleaner, they wouldn't need to call me a terrible housekeeper or a lazy bitch. Or, it's my fault that they take credit for what I did. Or again, it's because I'm awkward in public that they feel they need to talk for both of us. When we feel shame. This is when there is no actual reason why you feel shame, which you do. For example... You're a stay-at-home mum or dad. And you have decided that every Thursday evening to take your personal time. This is agreed with your partner, who will mind the kids that night, so you can go out with your friends. But then, on that night, your partner calls or texts you several times just to say the kids 
or one of your kids misses you or you doubt your own decision so you make a decision that suits you then somebody constantly questions your decision and you begin to wonder if you've made the right decision because well, why would this person constantly question it it mustn't be the right decision after all or you sense something is off so you've been invited to join a group that you don't know by somebody you trust however something that you can't put your finger on that your inner warning system keeps going off for example you have a feeling that this group has a hidden agenda or your friends invite and the description of the group just don't add up to what you know about them your decision is disregarded so a friend asks you for your birthday where you'd like to go to eat and you say your favorite Italian restaurant so your birthday comes around and your friend picks you up but suggests that you go to the New Mexican place instead and then they begin to drive in that direction reassuring you all the way that oh you love it and gives you all the reasons why you will so what to do well you can communicate very simply but clearly that someone has crossed the line or boundary that you have set up for yourself without needing to get angry or dramatic about it you will and can simply state the message around what is so what are these statements no stop fyi i have a thing about that i am drawing new lines around that and i need you to respect them i'm uncomfortable with this i'm no longer willing to do that or to go there that doesn't work for me if you want to be with me things need to change i am upset at what just happened let me exp explain how i see what you did i don't agree you are asking me to put myself in danger and i won't do that sorry please say that differently and now for your actions you may shake your head or you may put up your hand to say stop or avoid the person or situation altogether until you feel confident to confront the person or the situation you may even seek professional help to help you discover what you feel might be the right way to go being perfect is not the goal but freedom and safety to be who you are is and that takes time and patience with yourself it also takes practice now there's something that you need to know when you do this setting boundaries you need to expect to deal with anger if you have set boundaries you know it can be scary because maybe you have I suppose discovered that when you insist on a boundary being kept and respected you then get into trouble or you get yelled at and somehow you manage to end up in someone's bad books 
And we all know that once you're in the bad books of somebody, how hard it is to get out of it. And unless it is extreme, we usually participate in the crossing over of our boundaries by someone else. So for example, someone acts like a bully and often crosses our boundary. Or somebody who constantly takes something without asking, even when you've said no or stop. Or when disrespected any and all boundaries that you have tried to put in place. Why is that? Because they're scared, afraid. Did you ever have plans to go somewhere and someone asks you to change your plan for theirs and you try to compromise? Then they sulk or get angry, maybe even do a lot of backbitching and backbiting until you give in. Then what happens? It will continue. Now that you have given in once, you will give in again. Because your experience is, is saying, oh God, if I don't give in, this is going to happen. And if she's going to say this or he's going to do that, I might as well give in at the beginning. So what's the learning in that? Well, the first thing that we learn is that the person who is angry at you for setting your boundaries is the one with the problem. So keeping your boundaries and defending them is good, not just for you, but also for other people. It can help them learn what is missing in their own family background and what they were not taught how to respect other people. Something else to remember. Don't allow someone else's anger or bad behaviour to be a cue for you to react in anger. There's a huge benefit to inactivity. Why? Because it allows you to take a step back and decide for yourself what you need to do. What we normally do if we stand our ground and the other person gets angry is we get angry back. Or we do something to win back that person's approval or have peace at any cost. And it almost always involves me giving my power away. Now, how sad is that? It's funny, but all that is needed from us is to do nothing. Yet it is the most difficult thing for us to do because we want to fix the situation. This all sounds really simple. It's one of the hardest things to do. Do nothing. Now, I must again point out that here, the anger I speak about is not the physically abusive kind. That is, that's an altogether different scenario and would require a lot more time to discuss and develop. But what I am talking about here is everyday situations. So let me give you a scenario. A woman asks for a lift at 2 p.m. and you're not going her way. And you need to be somewhere else at two. But you compromise and say, I'll pick you up at half one and drop you and then go on to my own appointment. Now that'll take about 15 minutes from where you drop her off. So you arrive at one twenty-five, five minutes before the time to pick her up. And she comes out 
at one forty. Ten minutes late. Huffing and puffing and apologising for keeping you late. Now ask yourself the following questions. What are you saying to yourself? Why am I angry? Why do I just say, oh, it's fine, don't worry? What will I tell her? Maybe that you need to drop her off now a little further away than she would have liked. Otherwise, you'll miss your own appointment. Or will you drop her off where she asked you to and be late for your own appointment? What will you do the next time somebody asks you to do something when it may impeach your own plans? What are you going to say to yourself? Have you resolved it within yourself so you can allow the negativity to go? So why do we find it so hard to set up and maintain boundaries? Because we're afraid of hurting someone else or hurting their feelings or hurting my own. Maybe we have hidden fears of being abandoned, unloved, being too needy or having someone mad at us that might come to the surface and make us feel what we are doing is not right. That is the difficulty when setting boundaries or lines. Doing it the healthy way will always feel wrong at first because there are boundaries. And yet we might even be afraid of having too rigid boundaries because of getting hurt or making a mistake. I'm afraid our minds are made to protect us and keep us safe. However, Sometimes it has the unintended effect of not allowing us to live life to the full or have a meaningful life. So just to end this podcast, I'd like to say growth requires discomfort and uncertainty. It may and usually does bring to light our past childhood wounds. But it is an invitation to process and to heal difficult emotions, to shake and stir up habitual reactions, but will allow us to choose a new way of being if we want it. See you next week. Stay safe. Stay well. Namaste.